I put my art in the box because I didn't know where to take it and I didn't feel I was good enough, I guess. I think maybe you need to do some art. <laughs> I think maybe it's, like, it's kind of key to who you are and you're not doing it. It was quite painful to do, actually. Making my own art made me feel like me. It just kind of made me feel whole and complete. Hi, I'm Claire, founder of Open Stage Arts, Drama and Singing Classes for Adults. Lots of the adults who come to our classes and online events are looking for a creativity that has been put on the back burner during their sensible grown-up years. I have found this to be true among other creatives too, so I've decided to find out more about the painters, photographers, writers, printmakers, actors, crafters, teachers, musicians and more that have found or refound their creativity later in life. For this episode, I'm speaking with Jane Baynard. Jane has made a return to art herself, but also helps other grown-ups discover or rediscover ways to express themselves through art. Hi, Jane. Hi, Claire. How are you? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Your passion is for art from the inside, with your own art and by helping other adults through the courses that you run. Hmm. What does that actually mean? Oh, art from the inside. To me... Art comes from the heart, good art, art that has feeling, art that people relate to or that's the most satisfying for you to make comes from the heart, so to speak. So I think we get so caught up in what we should make um, and that art is a set of skills and techniques that we need to learn. That's coming from quite a heady place. But for me, art is, is more intuitive than that. And in terms of how I make art and how I encourage students to work is to trust in their intuition and to make something that comes more from within whatever that might end up looking like if that makes sense so it's more a kind of coming I guess art coming from a sort of more grounded internal space really not being taught a set of skills it's more bringing out your creativity from the inside that makes absolute sense thank you what did art mean to you as a child well, it was everything really. Art was art was who I was. Art was my way of expressing myself. Art was my play, you know, my preferred form of play. I loved art at school. I never really wanted to do art subjects, and I loved being in the art studio. Like that was kind of my haven. I didn't particularly like school, and I liked art, so it was like a double bonus, really, being able to go and spend lots of time in the the art studio. Spend quite a lot of lunch times in there, and. Yeah, I mean, when I think back to kind of being little and well, how I spent my time, yeah, it was it was making, it was making art. That was like when I was my happiest, really. Um, whether that was sort of sitting around the table making Play-Doh things with my mum or drawing, it's um, yeah, it's just my happy place, I guess, really. Oh, that's lovely. You did a foundation course, brilliant, but then you lost your confidence, I believe. Why do you think that was? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, our foundation class is brilliant. You you go on it, you completely forget all the rules from, you're told to forget all the rules from art from school, which is brilliant. It's a whole kind of free, creative, expressive space. Starts to open that up in you, and then you have to decide where to go to continue on at university. And I was really discovering that I love textiles, 
I didn't really want to do like a sort of more traditional textile course in terms of you know textile for print or manufacture that sort of left me feeling a bit cold uh, so I applied for a textile art course and uh, and I didn't get onto that which actually when I went to see their end of year exhibition probably was a good thing because it was really conceptual and that just wasn't where my head was at but I, I think it kind of lost made me lose my confidence because I didn't know where my creativity sat I was like well it's not that course but it's not sort of printed text styles so actually I just kind of lost my way and I had no one to really talk to about it at the time to kind of go well actually like you could do this or this is a different angle this is a different approach so I ended up doing history of art which studying other people's art which is quite frankly not satisfying in any way as <laughs> making your own art but I think yeah for me it just kind of knocked my confidence a bit knocked me off course um, and I kind of went off on a sort of 10 year tangent of not really making my own art and you know a lot of people come to me who've that confidence been knocked much earlier on in school been told they're not very good at art but it just happens to be that maybe they found a particular project hard because they didn't have the support from a teacher therefore that categorizes in their head I'm not very good at art therefore I'm not going to do any more art anymore and then that becomes not an option for you anymore you just kind of put it in a box and I did the same I just did it at foundation level I put my art in a box because I didn't know where to take it and I didn't feel I was good enough I guess completely understand yeah what were you doing after university and then what was the catalyst that got you back to creating uh so basically I just went off on a kind of wild goose chase in a way so I yeah I did history of art and then I worked in lots of different galleries and arts organisations for an administrative role, again, working around other people's art rather than doing my own. Well, I was counting up the other day how many jobs I've had, about 35 jobs before I started doing this. So I've worked in all sorts of admin jobs. I, long story short, ended up doing some counselling training and some coaching training. I ended up working in staff development and coaching, just kind of dabbling in my own bit of art, but like not in a very satisfactory way. So I uh, did like a, a dress making class and a jewellery making class and things like that. And they were sort of okay and they sort of scratched a creative itch, but it wasn't really me. So I just sort of like blundered around for a while, really, <laughs> trying different things and um, until kind of to what I'm doing now. How did it come about what you are doing now? I guess about eight years ago, I started doing my own art again after basically like I said sort of only really dabbling in the odd bits and pieces I'd moved house with my art materials for like years and just carried them around and never done anything with them and I guess the catalyst for me doing my own art was I was having some talking to my counselling mentor uh, supervisor when I was doing my course and she was saying well I think maybe you need to do some art (laughs) I think maybe it's like it's kind of key to who you are and you're not doing it And even though I kind of knew that on some level, I'd not really allowed myself to do it or found a way to do it. So I went home and I took my paints out and I started painting and drawing at home. A lot of it was quite messy, quite different from what I'm doing now. It was quite painful to do, actually. Like, if I'm honest, it was quite, it was almost like it wasn't like to do art because I wanted to make something pretty. It was like something that I needed to do. So it was getting back in touch with that creativity and just allowing myself to make whatever and eight years on I'm still making my art so it it obviously worked (laughs) I 
think I ended up doing my own art like that because I'm not very good at being told what to do and I don't like producing the same as everybody else. I've never enjoyed that. So for me, it felt quite important to do it myself. And I think making my own art made me feel like me. It just kind of made me feel whole and complete. And this part of me that just hadn't been fulfilled before suddenly felt filled like it from a really sort of internal perspective, I guess. When I was in London a while ago, uh, I did a, an art therapy foundation course for an intensive week. Loved it, loved the kind of creative expression, but didn't really necessarily want to go and do a two-year art therapy training course with no guarantee of a job at the end of it. And just started thinking, well, I love making art and I love coaching. I love helping people bring out the best in themselves. But is there a way that I could put those together? Is there a way that I could put some of these things that I love, these two things that I love together into something? And I guess like one of the catalysts as well was a friend of mine just said, could you teach me how to do some art? No one had ever asked me that before. Quite frankly, it kind of didn't even know if I could help because I'd only ever made my own art before. So we just went and sat at a cafe for a couple of hours. I brought lots of art materials and we sat and made art together and talked about what we were doing. And I sort of gently encouraged her to just play and explore. Um, by the end of those two hours, she'd made quite a lot of work that she liked. She was sending pictures to her husband already, which is quite a big deal compared to lots of students that I, <laughs> I see who, who feel quite, ooh, no, no, I don't want to show anyone. And went to, um, went to an art shop straight away, bought lots of materials and... That made me think maybe there's something in this. Maybe I can actually help people in a way that feels really natural and in a way that, that I make art and in a way that uses the skills I have. So came back to Oxford five years ago now and thought I'll get a part-time job and I shall just try running smart classes and see what happens. And that was yeah, four and a half years ago now. <laughs> and now that's my job. So <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Tell me how you run art courses for adults now and what can someone expect when they join a class? Mostly I'm doing online at the moment. So basically what I run at the moment um, are evening art groups. So they're basically a space for people who have made a little bit of art before. It could have been a long time ago or it could have been quite recently, but they just don't do very much of it. And it's just a really lovely space to come along and make art in a way that feels right for you to actually finish some of those projects or start some of those projects that you've been wanting to do to just build your confidence in terms of creativity. So that they're not the sort of class where everyone sits down and paints the same thing. As I've said earlier, like that's really not my bag. So it's not like a painting party or anything like that. They are a space where I help you bring art out in a way that works for you in a way that you want to make. And quite a lot of people that come to that are kind of like me. They used to make art. It's part of who they are. They just find it really hard to make time and space in their life and to connect with that part of themselves. So it's really about helping you nurture your creativity and your creative side. So those are the groups that I run. And when I'm allowed to do things physically again, I'm hoping to run some full day Saturday workshops again, just to really help people express themselves creatively, come out of their creative comfort zone, try all sorts of different things with no... We'll just have a play, really. Have a play with paints and pencils and see what happens when you do. Because I think when we're working art by ourselves or when we don't make very much art, we tend to stick very much in our comfort zone. And that can be, that can be okay, 
if that's kind of what you enjoy, but there's a time and a place for coming out of your comfort zone and seeing what happens when you do, just see what happens when you don't know what's going to happen or you don't know what's going to come out of yourself because that's when the interesting stuff that happens. That's when stuff comes from the heart as well, I think. Yeah, that sounds lovely. It sounds um, like a really good approach for your students to come at knowing that they've got something but they're maybe not quite sure what it is. How do you deal with things like various materials or if people don't know what they want to work with? Well, often I start with what people have. I mean, so many people have art materials in their cupboards that they never use or have never used or been given for Christmas presents. So it's all about taking them out and encouraging them to play with them to start with or raiding their kids' art boxes too. It's amazing what you can find in there. Um, But because everybody's making different things in the groups, they can see and experience other people using materials that they haven't tried yet. So that's really good because they can see the effects and chat to people about how they find them to use. And then I can recommend different materials as well. So good starter packs for pastels and paints and that sort of thing. And I guess because I talk to people, because I have sort of one-to-one sessions with people as part of what I do, it's a really good chance to kind of chat to them and go, okay, well, what what would you like to explore? What naturally would come next for you? Do you really love colour? Okay, let's maybe have a go of pastels. Do you like things to be vibrant or kind of more muted? Or Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a, a personal personal journey is not driven by me going now you should use this and now you should use that it's more what do you feel like trying or what do you feel like combining or discovering what you enjoy using really i love sharing my guests stories with you but podcasting isn't cheap there are hosting fees and software costs tech to buy and time to invest in planning and editing to make sure the guests sound great and listeners hear the best content If you'd like to financially support Creativity Found, please visit ko-fi.com slash creativityfoundpodcast. You've already mentioned that you value your own creative expression and the courses are now a job for you. How do you continue to nurture yourself artistically and not concentrate solely on helping others or, say, the work side of your art? Well, it's a, const- it's a constant balance, and I do find that it really helps me to go to do other courses and classes. So I've been doing, I've done some experimental life drawing classes and some pottery, and then in September I started a one-year course at Evada in Oxford, which is a continuing practice course. And for me that's been brilliant because it's, a chance for me to get out my comfort zone <laughs> something that I'm quite uh, passionate about um uh, but not always very good at doing it myself uh, <laughs> and make projects and talk about my art in a completely different way and it's completely changed what I'm making and what I want to say and how I see the world I think um, but for me one of the massive benefits has been how I talk to my students about their art so it's really made me notice not only how good it makes me feel and how visually it changes my art but it really changes it really affects how much value I can bring to my students the more you understand yourself the more you can help other people yeah and speaking about understanding yourself have you ever exhibited your own art for others to see I have I've done a couple of art weeks so in, in 
in Oxford we have open studios art weeks one I had in uh, my husband's office in town and one I had to share an exhibition here with my husband and his photography it's quite scary I have to say it was quite scary it felt a little bit like um coming out to like your friends and family or walking down the street naked the first one particularly <laughs> it felt like a really important thing to do but I think it also highlighted for me the fact that I need to do art for myself almost like the second exhibition became a little bit more like okay what do I need to show for other people and I realized that it, it was becoming a bit more about not like pleasing other people but my focus had been more external than internal but me it's a real need it's a drive it's something I have to do something that's part of who I am and that means that I have to look quite into myself for that so I might exhibit at some point in the future but for now that's not what's important for me and you know a lot of people that I work with as well like I always encourage that too it's like ultimately do it for you first if you, you know even like making a making a piece of art sometimes you say, oh, I want to kind of make this it's going to be specifically for this person and I will say well make it for you first ultimately do it for you but then if you want to give it to that other person then do it but make it for you <laughs> first it's um it's, it has a very different feel to it when you make art in that way and oh it's, it's for us it is <laughs> It's, it's for us first and everybody else second. If they happen to love it or get something from it, that's brilliant. For me, it's about nurturing yourself first. If that makes sense. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. Mm. You've said just now that you're not planning on exhibiting in the future. So what are your plans for the future, whether that's near or far? In terms of my own art... For me, the really important thing is to just keep creating space in my life for it because I don't know where it's going to take. It's the course that I'm doing at the moment. It's a little bit kind of focused on maybe kind of, you know, thinking about doing it professionally. But for me, again, that's not where I'm at right now. For me, I just need that space and consistency in my life to make and see what happens and see what comes out and see where it takes me. So I don't have like any concrete visions or plans in my art other than to just make like to me it's just about making and seeing what happens maybe I'll end up having a collection of something I can do with but maybe not but it's just about making and for my classes it's really about continuing to provide that space for people fabulous amazing there are many many podcasts out there it's difficult to know where to start so I like to ask my guests for their recommendations you're welcome I like the Moth Hour. It's just people telling their own stories. I think it started in America, but it's people sharing their own personal stories and, and, and developing the skill of storytelling. And that can be from anything from, you know, like major life um, changing activity to just something really little. It's just the art of storytelling. And, you know, they, they're about sort of 15 minutes long, but I just love just listening to one and just really sitting with that story afterwards. It's um, just feels like a really personal experience. I love it. Thoroughly recommend it. Thank you. How can people contact you? Okay, so my website is janebaynart.co.uk and I'll spell my surname because nobody can ever spell it, which is B-E-I-N-A-R-T. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram at jane underscore baynart underscore artist. So yeah, that's the best way to find me. 
Fabulous. Thank you so much, Jane. It's been brilliant to talk to you today. Lovely to talk to you too. It's a brilliant space to just, um, I just love talking about art, quite frankly. And we love hearing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Creativity Found is an Open Stage Arts production. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to subscribe, rate and review. If you would like to help fund future episodes, you can buy us a coffee. That's K-O-F-I, the online platform that helps creators receive financial support from fans of their work. Visit ko-fi.com slash creativityfoundpodcast. If you have found your creativity as an adult and would like to talk to me for future episodes, drop me a line at claire at openstagearts.co.uk. On Instagram or Facebook, follow at creativityfoundpodcast where you will find photos of our contributors' artworks and be kept abreast of everything we're up to. When I created the Creativity Found website and the collective membership, I had no previous knowledge regarding the technical aspects of making an idea into a reality, a bit like when I started this podcast. I came across Kajabi, which allowed me to build the website so that visitors can easily find the creative classes, kits or supplies they are looking for through pages that look inviting and that showcase my members' talents. Kajabi also handles the membership, my mailing list and newsletters, the online community, taking payments, and it's where I host the Creativity Found Collective online meetups. If you're interested to learn more about how Kajabi can help you run and streamline your small business, you can find an affiliate link in the show notes and receive a 14-day free trial.